Hello everyone, this is your host of Security Management Highlights, Associate Editor Holly Gilbert Stowell. You're listening to a special September edition of the podcast. We'll begin by speaking with two people from ASIS headquarters who know all about the show, and later we'll speak to two of the presenters in Dallas who are bringing you quality educational sessions. So stay tuned for this very special edition of Security Management Highlights. If you think you know the ASIS annual seminar and exhibits, think again. This year's show, which takes place September 25th to 28th in Dallas, Texas, is full of exciting new changes that will wow seasoned attendees and newcomers alike. Joining me now are two of the people at ASIS headquarters who know the ins and outs of our seminar best, CEO Peter O'Neill and Chief Global Marketing Officer Ron Rosenbaum. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Miss Holly. Thanks, Holly. Obviously, before we begin, we should address the horrific weather and flooding that is affecting the state where we're hosting our annual show, Texas. Peter, what would you like to tell all those listening out there who are concerned about our stakeholders in the area and about the state of the show? So as we sit here today and talk with you, Holly, Ron and I, we come off a weekend of Hurricane Harvey and the devastation that we've seen it wreak on the state of Texas in particular, but certainly parts of Louisiana and the entire path as it's taken up through the Caribbean and so forth. So first of all, let's talk about Um, that and say that our hearts our thoughts and prayers go out to the folks who have been impacted by this. We will do everything we can to be supportive and helpful. Uh, We began on Friday putting out resources from our Business Continuity and Crisis Management Council. Peggy O'Connor and her communications team continue to build that out, and um, that's important. I think the second thing to point out is that we recognize and we've been speaking with the um, authorities in Dallas. We are very aware that Dallas will be housing some evacuees, potentially up to 5,000. We've had a number of folks call and ask if this impacts our meeting in any way. It does not at this point, and we will continue to send out messages and, and so forth to our various audiences, our delegates, our members, and our exhibitors as well. So that's probably important to start off at the top. So anyone who's been paying attention to this year's show knows that there's going to be a lot of changes and things will be different. How did we come about some of those additions, taking some things away, and what are some of those changes that they can look forward to? So coming out of our event last year in Orlando, we spent a lot of time talking to our exhibitors, talking to our attendees, and really all of our stakeholders related to the event to get a sense of what it is that they really liked about it, what it is that they'd like to see change, how could we make the event better, not only for Dallas in 2017, but Las Vegas and beyond, 2018 and beyond. And we got a lot of really good feedback in terms of what the footprint of the week should look like, how the actual week should set up in order to give them the best possible experience. So I'll give you a few examples. One of the things that we were told was really important to them was the networking piece. Currently, the way that our week was set up was you had a lot of kind of chapter-related events and other things to kick off our week. We felt like it was really important to officially open up the week this year ourselves as part of our event and allow all of our attendees and all of our exhibitors and others to be a part of that experience. So we created this year a welcome reception, opening night welcome reception. It's going to be at Gillies in Dallas. That's on Sunday night. And we bookended the week with big networking events because we know what a critical piece of the experience that is for all of our attendees and all of our exhibitors with a president's reception, which is now shifted to Wednesday night. It'll be at AT AT&T Stadium, Dallas Cowboys Stadium, towards the end of the week as well. Wrapping up with a keynote session on Thursday morning. So the way that our our footprint has shifted this year, we've gone from a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday schedule for our exhibitors, for our exhibit floor, to a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which allows them a full day of uninterrupted education on Monday 
And at the same time, our exhibitors can be setting up in regular time on Monday as well. So we feel like, you know, listening to that feedback from our attendees and exhibitors, this setup for the week really works out nicely for them. Ron's made some really great points about what's new and different, and those things are very important as we look at rebranding and re positioning this annual meeting as continuing to be the place for all security professional practitioners to be. What's not changed is the quality and content of our education and learning opportunities. Certainly networking plays an important role in people's knowledge and learning, but so too do more traditional programming and formats which are also new this year, right? So we have not only 155 education programs, some in traditional formats, we also have them in some non-traditional formats like TED Talk type programs, like Ignite type programs. And we've moved a fair amount of education onto the trade show floor. People tend to look at an expo hall as a traditional place to go kick tires. It is a very important place to go talk to exhibitors and so forth, but it's also a place to learn. Learn from exhibitors and vendors on the floor who know a lot about their products and a lot about the security market, but also in our technology theaters and our exchange labs and our career center on the floor, we're going to continue to push content to that floor that's done a more formal type of training setting. That's right. And I think in addition to that, we're actually for the first time ever live streaming some of our content. Right. So we are live streaming our Monday afternoon uh, keynote address by Mark Cuban in addition to our Tuesday and Wednesday keynotes. And we'll talk about all of our keynotes and how that's set up a little bit more later on. But in addition to that, eight regular education topics um, from, from the floor as well. So we're going to try to provide this experience to folks that can't join us in Dallas as well. Um, and give them a sense of what what seminar is all about. Right, and this year's format for Global Access Live is going to be somewhat limited, meaning an important way for people who can't make it to Dallas to participate, get education, get CEU points, etc. That will continue to expand year over year. Of course, you'll never get the networking done virtually. That, That piece will be very difficult. It'll always be important to come to the annual meeting in person to see people face to face. But for those people who can't, either because of budgets or time constraints or parts of the world that they live in, et cetera, this global access live will continue to build out. You mentioned the Expo Hall. Is there anything else in terms of educational offerings there that you're excited about? Yeah, there are. This year, in fact, we've added two impact learning theaters to the floor, and we we have scheduled 33 sessions. They're 25-minute presentations addressing a whole range of different type of topics, whether it be cyber or physical or IT-related security, enterprise security risk management. They're all going to be addressed on the trade show floor as well. So we're trying to bring people to the floor so they can come experience the different opportunities that our exhibitors are bringing. But in addition, giving them a platform to also come out of their booths and talk about some of those other things that bring some subject matter expertise to our attendees as well. Yeah, I think you cannot underestimate the learning that happens on a trade show floor with exhibitors also. So I think in the past, people have sometimes looked at expo halls as a place to just go touch a product or quote unquote, just go kick the tires. And that is just not true anymore. You have so many vendor partners and their teams that are educated and steeped in security knowledge and security practice and security experience. Experience and taking the time to go to that floor, not just in those labs, not just in the career center, which is equally as important, but really to talk with the vendor partners to get out from them what they're hearing about the profession, what they're seeing change, etc. And certainly what products and services they have that support those changes, I think can't be emphasized enough. 
Obviously, we've got some big headliners, but why don't you guys tell us a little bit more about the keynoters and those speakers that the attendees can look forward to hearing firsthand. Well, we're extremely excited to be welcoming George W. Bush as our opening keynote speaker Monday morning. The Dallas Convention and Visitors Bureau has been incredibly supportive and generous and extremely helpful to us in order to be able to secure him. And we are really excited about the dialogue that he's willing to enter into with us relative to a whole host of security-related subjects. And that will take place Monday morning, first thing. Be prepared for significantly enhanced security. Doors will open at 7 a.m. for a reason. We're strongly encouraging our attendees to come early, prepare for lines, prepare to be wanted before they go into the general <coughs> session hall, significant limitations on the size of bags that be t- can be taken in, etc., All of this information is on our website. People should go there and take a look at it. But if you go to football or basketball or baseball games, professional, you know exactly what the drill is. It's a small bag, if any, preferably see-through. Certainly no weapons of any kind are allowed in the hall or in the center that particular day, that particular morning. Notwithstanding that Texas is a right-to-carry state, that is not applied to this general session. So if somebody comes with a firearm, they will be turned away from the hall. No cell phones, no recording of any kind. Uh, There will be security walking, actively walking. Um, throughout the general session hall, making sure nothing's being recorded, no pictures to be taken, etc., because it's a completely off-the-record conversation. That said, we're excited about it. George Bush is very charismatic interviewee. He's got a lot to talk about that's relevant. Thankfully, and... we have a charismatic interviewer. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be asking the questions. Yes. yes, yours truly will be asking Where the questions. Where did those questions come from? The questions were developed in cooperation, really, with President Bush and his team, you know, based somewhat on his memory memoirs that he wrote about 10 years ago and someone on his new book that's come out Portraits in Courage and as a lot of folks know he's become known as quite a prolific painter so we'll delve into some of that and um, get a little personal with President Bush when we kick it off so we're looking forward to that and then we move straight into Mark Cuban who uh, I think many folks in the audience are familiar with he's well known as our Shark Tank Shark but also the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and a business entrepreneur a real interest in cybersecurity and related security and Ron, I mean, I think you in particular are really excited to hear what he's got to say. What's so exciting about him is he's so involved with so many businesses that have technology-related interests that as a business owner, that it's really important for him to protect his own organizational assets. So he spent a lot of time with his team looking at their physical assets, their cyber and IT-related assets, and making sure that those things are protected. And I think he can bring some of that expertise to our audience. It dovetails really nicely to our Tuesday morning uh, general session speaker, Scott Klozowski. Scott comes to us with significant, in particular, cyber experience, and we've had a chance to spend some time on the phone with Scott leading up to seminar, and he's got a fantastic message, and really, I think, we think is going to be one of our speakers that our attendees walk away with a lot of stuff from. Scott's also willing to host a smaller program towards the end of the day. I think we're planning to do it, and we'll send out more information about that as we get closer to the annual meeting. And of course, you've got Wednesday's Military and Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. We have an international lineup of speakers that morning. The program will be facilitated by Bonnie Michaelman, one of our past presidents and a CSO up in the general Boston area for the Massachusetts um, general hospital system. And anyone who knows Bonnie knows she's incredibly dynamic. Bonnie actually lived part of the Boston Marathon bombing that occurred several years ago up in the great city of Boston. And we have a panel of speakers who will be coming to represent the law enforcement aspect of that 
Bonnie will do some interviewing. We have a representative from the London police who will be present to talk about various terrorist types of activities that they are dealing with in their own city, in their own country, and some of their lessons learned from that. Yeah, I think the really interesting thing is how they will be able to share their experience in terms of collaborating and sharing information across different agencies, which is becoming increasingly important as they all start to collect data and understand where there may be red flags and other things. It's important that all these groups are working in tandem to get to a good result. So as we continue through Wednesday and the Global Responses to Global Threats program being hosted by Bonnie Michaelman, we go into Thursday and our closing speaker, Carrie Lorenz, is going to talk about fearless leadership. She has a military background, comes to us with significant leadership experience, and we believe she's really going to send attendees off with a a great message about leadership, what it means to be a leader, what it means to act like a leader, and how to make some really tough decisions like so many of our members have to make on a daily basis. Holly, a little bit earlier about the kind of change to the footprint for the week and how important that is. This year, in terms of scheduling, we have opening keynote general sessions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and they're all from 8.30 to 10 each morning. And we've shifted that trade show exhibit hall, as I mentioned, from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but also to 10 a.m. so that those folks can come in, experience the keynote sessions with us, and then we open up the air walls straight from those general session rooms onto the trade show floor each morning. So we feel like that's going to be a good way to kick off the exhibit hall each day. And important, I think, to point out as well for Gillies, the opening reception on Sunday night. It's a great opening event, but it's also a fundraiser for the ASIS Foundation to be able to continue to give important scholarships and importantly begin to really expand the work that they'd like to do into research, which would support the profession and the ASIS international headquarters. So that fundraiser is going to be extremely important to them that night. And anybody who likes to ride a mechanical bull or perhaps doesn't like to ride a mechanical bull, we'll be raising money around rides on that bull and people will, I'm sure, be challenging one another on site just saying that bucking mechanical bronco will be smack in the middle of the main room of Gilly. So we expect when folks to... Oh, yeah. I'm not Peter's scheduled. Ride is gonna Peter's be not riding the bull, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> a lot of money would have to be raised. <laughs> It is happening. Oh my God. I hope you raise a lot of money. But the OSPOs as well, the other, I think, VIP event to point out is at Wednesday's lunch, the Outstanding Security Performance Awards Program. Dr. Martin Gill will be our Master of Ceremonies for that, that piece of the luncheon. And last year, it garnered a lot of support and enthusiasm from our exhibitor community. So on Wednesday's lunch will be a lot of fun and and we'll give out a few awards and uh, make some folks happy so that'll be exciting. And there are many networking events to attend but the don't miss event this year is definitely the president's reception. So tell us how that's a little bit different this year and what those attendees in Dallas can look forward to. So we are enormously excited to be hosting this event. To be in Dallas Cowboys Stadium otherwise known as AT&T Stadium. Allied Universal is our key sponsor for the evening. They have been a longtime supporter of ASIS International and the profession and we're really excited to be um, hosting this event with them. There is going to be all sorts of fun and things to do including um, maybe playing some football with some Dallas Cowboy folks, um, maybe seeing a few cheerleaders um, come and go. We've hired some great entertainment for the evening and it's going to be a really great networking opportunity, an opportunity to kind of let your hair down a little bit from a long week and meet up with old friends and maybe make some new friends. 
Yeah, that's all right, Peter. And anytime that we choose a destination for our president's reception each year, we are looking to create a really unique opportunity for our attendees, something that they can't experience usually in any other walk of life. Last year when we were in Orlando, we were at uh, Universal Studios, and to have that park for our attendees exclusively was a really special experience. What's so exciting about being at the stadium this year is we'll have all of our attendees in one place at one time. So they'll actually be able to have a great time, but also network with their peers because they won't be spread all around a theme park. To actually be inside the stadium on the field all at the same time. So we have a lot of really fun things there in terms of kicking field goals and throwing the football and other things, as Peter mentioned, with former Cowboy players. But it's, it's going to be a lot of fun that evening, and we're creating a really special kind of unique experience. Well, bring your business cards and pack your Stetsons if you have them, your Cowboy hats. <laughs> Get excited for Dallas 2017. It's just a few weeks away, and we're really looking forward to seeing you all there. Thanks so much, Peter and Ron. Thank you. Thank you. And just to give our listeners a small preview of the educational offerings in Dallas that Peter and Ron just touched on, we're talking to two of the speakers who will be presenting. Joining me now is Bruce Blythe, chairman of R3 Continuum, and his session is Diffusing Hostile People. Hi, Bruce. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here, and we're very much looking forward to your session in Dallas. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and your involvement with ASIS? First of all, I'm a psychologist by profession, but I'm also a former police officer in the Marine Corps, so I've got that mix. So that ties into my experience in dealing with hostile and potentially violent people and dealing with crises and that sort of thing. So that's how I got into the arena, and uh, that's what I've been doing since 1988. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more about the general idea of your session that you'll be presenting and why you think it's an important topic to address. Well, you know, there's there's been a big push on workplace violence. And as of late, uh, the active assailant or active shooter, which I'm on the working group for ASIS as we're putting that work together. But you know, there's more to it. You know, while most everybody's never going to run into an active assailant in the workplace with a gun, most everybody at some point in time is going to run into hostile people. And the good thing about the presentation I'm going to do is that not only does it apply to security managers who have to deal with hostile people, but it's good for employees and customer relations, that kind of thing. But the interesting thing is it also applies outside the workplace. There's no reason why you can't use the same principles that uh, the very take and use principles in understanding the mindset of hostile people. And, you know, how do you communicate with them? How do you diffuse them? What do you do if violence appears to be imminent? That kind of thing. So that's what we're going to get into. It's something that everybody runs into on a daily basis or hopefully not daily, but regular. Yes. And speaking of the frequency of these occurrences, if you turn on the news, it seems like our society today is only becoming more violent. So why is now the time that security practitioners need to hear this topic? There's nothing that says the world's becoming a safer place. In fact, there's every evidence that we are becoming more polarized all the time. And so we're at a point now where probably you don't have to do anything that would provoke violence or hostility. Somebody can be hostile just because you are who you are. You represent something they don't like. And so it just seems that this is such a pertinent issue. And so many people inadvertently can actually accelerate the confrontation, a hostile confrontation. What we want to do is to talk Talk about what can you do to increase the likelihood that you can diffuse a hostile person right there in real time. You can't call 911. You can't call your supervisor. You can't call security or, you know, assistance, whatever. You've got somebody right there in front of you. What do you do to calm them down? And Bruce, given all that, I'm sure every security professional and even individual out there could use this type of training. But is there any particular vertical within the industry that comes to mind when we think about this topic? (laughs) The current answer I could give you is anybody works with people, which is everybody. 
especially in security. I mean, it's a, you know, it's about to keep bad people from behaving badly. But the, the real issue is, and I think it's across the board, that just anybody that has to deal with hostile people, whether in security or not, which, of course, in ASIS they are, but it's particularly germane for the for security directors. But it applies just about anybody because we all run into hostile people inside and outside of work. Definitely. And is there anything else you want to add? I just want to make sure that when the people walk out of there, they have some things to say, I can apply that. We even talk about how to remember what to say and do in a hostile situation. You don't have your slides or you don't have the notes. You may not be rehearsed at it. How do you remember that? I want people to be able to apply what we're talking about and hopefully even take it back and then spread it throughout the organization so that employees will know how to deal with hostile people, whether it be a customer or a coworker or whatever. And that can ultimately reduce the incidence of violence because many times it starts with hostility and it escalates from there. Yes, definitely. And we hope through all of our educational offerings that we equip these attendees to ultimately be more prepared to do their jobs and in turn make the world a safer place. Well, I've done this for many organizations. It's been very well received, so I'm confident that this is something that those that choose to attend this session be uh, pleased with what they learn. Well, Bruce Blythe, he is the chairman of R3 Continuum. The session is Diffusing Hostile People. Check out www.securityexpo.org for more details. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. I look forward to it. And now joining me is another one of our Dallas presenters, Dr. Kathleen Kiernan, CEO of Kiernan Group Holdings. And the session is called Strategies for Violent Predator Mitigation. Dr. Kiernan is a part of a prestigious panel of speakers, including Douglas Fitzgerald, CPP, Michael Refield, and Joseph Robinson, CPP. Hi, Kathleen, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Holly. It's really great to be here. Yeah, we appreciate you stopping by to preview your upcoming session in Dallas. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do and your involvement with ASIS. I really consider myself a academic, a practitioner with earned experience in law enforcement and intelligence, backed by academic rigor. First three decades of my professional career were in federal law enforcement and intelligence, and now in my post-government career in the private sector, it's a natural opportunity to continue my public service. It's just in a different way with different rules of engagement. What has been consistent, however, has been my active involvement with ASIS over the past 20 years, serving in a variety of roles, really, as a council member, as a vice chair, as a chair, as a council vice president. I've served on and worked with most all of the councils, and I'm currently on the Academic and Training Programs Council. To me, ASIS provides unparalleled professional enrichment with state-of-the-practice efforts transcending both the public and private sectors. So it's a great match for me and so many of my colleagues. You know, a great example is all the resources and outreach ASIS is providing to flood victims in Texas and Louisiana. The same has occurred with other natural man-made disasters and always will. It's just part of the ethos of ASIS. Yeah, thank you. We, we appreciate that. And earlier in the podcast, our CEO, Peter O'Neill, did give a message to all of our stakeholders in Texas to let them know, you know, we're thinking about them. So I appreciate you mentioning that. And just tell us a little bit more about this topic, strategies for violent predator mitigation. How did you come up with that and why is it relevant today? Well, coming up with the topic was really the easiest part. Every day it seems we're witnessing an escalation of violence domestically and internationally. What we think of as traditional weapons, firearms, and knives are now coupled with improvised explosives materials and incendiaries and stolen vehicles used to ram into unsuspecting individuals living their ordinary lives. 
our goal, and I have some fantastic colleagues on the panel with me, is throughout this session is first and foremost educate participants on threat and risk assessment methods to advance planning and to heighten situational awareness and mitigation protocols for when that ordinary day turns into an extraordinary one where every second counts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in today's world, and we turn on the news and we see all kinds of terrible things happening. So why do you think this topic is so important today and for today's security practitioner? Well, to me, it's impossible really to live in a threat-free world, which means there must be a deliberate focus on taking the advantage away from an adversary, either criminal or terrorist. And we do that through preparedness and having that hard target mentality while still enjoying freedom where we work where we live, where we play, and where we worship. Security sense is really common sense, and it's a common responsibility as well. It often takes law enforcement five to eight minutes to arrive, and by then, a great deal of damage may have already occurred. Preparing a workforce to understand and to recognize anomalous behavior is critical, as is the knowledge on how to report it. Reducing that hesitancy to get involved is also an important component, as is the ability to discern the difference of a colleague having a bad day every once in a while, as we all do, and one who has been consumed by something greater than themselves and begins to act irrationally. And now while it might sound a little dramatic, it's better to be wrong about a behavior than to suffer the consequences of failure to report it. The nature and dimensions of active threat continue to evolve, at times seeming to outpace our traditional capabilities and training to thwart them. This convergence of different threat vectors and different threat actors, enhanced by access to technology, fueled by hatred, ideology, even perhaps by ignorance, adds complexity to the planning, response, and recovery cycle. Protection of our employees, facilities, and all who visit our locations is paramount, minimizing risk and liability, while at the same time maximizing security, safety, and life-saving response to events that were once improbable, now unfortunately seem almost ordinary. And the final question, is there any one particular vertical within the industry that comes to mind for the exact type of professional this would apply to? This is also an easy question. This is one of those type of sessions which transcend the overall theme of this year's annual seminar, Enterprise Security for a Complex World. What better place to think through the nature of dynamic threat than with security practitioners from across the globe? And Kathleen, thank you so much. Since I am just remembering this, there's a part one and part two of your session. Is it important that the practitioners attend both or say they can only make it to one? Will they still find value in attending uh, one half or the other? I always think any education is a positive experience. Ideally, and I know everyone's busy and there's so many good choices, but what the value of this session is, is really that audience involvement, sharing best practices, lessons learned, state of, state of practice activities, and we're looking for a lot of active involvement from the practitioners in the room. The session is Strategies for Violent Predator Mitigation. Kathleen, we thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you in Texas very shortly. Thank you very much, Holly. For more information on the panel presented by Dr. Kiernan and the other speakers, and for all information about the seminar, don't forget to visit www.securityexpo.org. Once again, I'm your host, Associate Editor Holly Gilbert Stowell. We all look forward to seeing you in Dallas. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.